With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And B.J. Rouché. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Are we sure it's The Net Live right now? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we made it, boys and girls. Three-tenths minutes for all of you out there, I'm sure. But we think we have it corrected, and we are online <laughs> and on show and on point. We'll see if we're on point this week. Hopefully the show is better this week than it was last week. Kevin it's already Brad. better. Kevin. Right now it's already better. DJ for Japan. That yep. That was a good event. Uh, Kevin Barnett and DJ Roche hosting the net live as per usual. Per usual. Programming note right off the top, there will be no program next week. Sorry, everybody. It's a week off for the show. Any week off for you. We'll be back the following week, probably the following week, with a program. If I knew how to check my calendar in iOS 7, I would really know if we were back the next week. But since I continue to struggle with that. I've seen other people, like it gives them the day view. I want the month view, and then I'll go to the day. Yeah, it goes to the day more than the month, and I like the month on the pad especially. But iOS 7, it's pretty good. I wish it wouldn't eat my battery like a zombie on crack. Heard that too. That would be That would be okay with me. Big show planned for you today. A lot of stuff happening all around the volleyball world in this last week, so it gives us something to talk about. The USA Men's Norseca concluded in Langley, British Columbia. We'll have the College of Volleyball Weekly, where there were a variety of upsets and a lot to talk about there. We'll have Brandon Rosenthal and perhaps Deb Static coming up later in the show. And not perhaps, we will have Casey Patterson Boom. on this show because he's on what they call a win streak. He won two tournaments this past weekend at one tournament. That is an amazing feat. I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? That's an amazing feat to, <laughs> to snatch two victories from one tournament. Yeah. Uh, it seems otherworldly. I mean, when you got it, you got it, right? Is he wearing the magic pajamas? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> are they coming through for him? Because it's amazing. <sighs> they are. Their confidence level is so high right now. I mean, they're so good. He has a lot of diaper money this year, and I'm happy for him. Cash and guy. Your text to me last night when I told you that Casey was coming on the show after winning four in a row, you said Cash and Guy have had a really good year. <laughs> <laughs> that was your response to my text to you. They have Cash and Guy, the two boys, young boys, for Casey Patterson and his wife, Lexi. Hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Good stuff for the Patterson family. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy either. We, we've known Casey Patterson for a while. You've heard him on this show through through thick and thin, basically. Yeah, one time he was like, I don't want to play indoor ever again, but I have to because I'm not making any money. To now, he doesn't have to put on a pair of gym shoes if he doesn't want to. Nope, just puts on his Rockwell watch and goes and sits in his beach chair from basically 
late December until early March, right? And claims to be do. bouncing light pole at the Huntington Beach Pier, <laughs> which I haven't seen that yet. I still haven't seen anybody bounce pier, so it could just be urban legend. It could be. It could be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it necessarily with him. Over the pier? He's going to bounce over the pier? I've heard all kinds of weird things. No, over the pier is, is like the shot on the Powerade commercials where the ball leaves the frame. Yeah. That's what that's like. So. It would still have to leave the frame to bounce on t- onto the pier. It's a really big frame. Maybe it's like IMAX. IMAX, you could catch it. <laughs> there was an IMAX movie about Casey Patterson. We could prove or disprove well, keep, him bouncing over the pier. I keep asking for footage of this of these beer pier bounces. That, of these beer bounces? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, and haven't haven't got it yet, so we'll see. We also have audio from Mike Christensen, who set the U.S. men to a gold medal up at Norseka. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff for the USA men. Quality win. Confident builder, right? Confidence builder, yes. What I can't find out is why Gavin Schmidt didn't play. And maybe Cam Kerr, if he's on the chat board, can let me in on, on that secret. Why Canada's best opposite did not play, at, at least as far as I can figure in the match. Oh, great. I downloaded it, but it's over there on your on that machine now. Maybe he's giving the younger guys a chance. He shouldn't. <laughs> so Canada played a video oh, yeah. before the match. This was the gold medal match happening in Canada. They played a video. And you know what? We can probably pipe. I, there's no audio to it, so we, we, there's no point in piping any of it in. But we'll get it posted on the chat board anyway. No, there's audio. They don't talk, though. No, you're right. It's just music, so yeah. you people won't get the uh They don't get the effect. Up. Basically, it says this is one of the great rivalries in the world. And then they go on to show a bunch of volleyball. Then they show the last time the United States and Canada met in Langley, which happened to be a different sport, by the way. Happened to be hockey, where Canada scored the goal in overtime to beat the United States. Was it the Olympics? I don't know. I think it's the Olympics. And Canada's very proud of that. According to our own Reed Pretty, the crowd went wild. Yeah, it's hockey. That's what they do. They yeah. beat us. Good for them. And they had that then provided extra motivation to the U.S. side, is what he was saying. That would motivate me. I have a couple of comments. <laughs> First of all, a rivalry would mean that both teams have had success against each other and you're not sure of the outcome. United States versus Canada men's indoor <laughs> volleyball, that's not a rivalry, folks. Canada's got to win something. And I thought this was going to be the time. I thought Canada could, honest to goodness, challenge the United States this time out. I think they have their best team in the last 10 years. But they sucked. They dispatched Cuba. They crushed Cuba. And I thought, wow, this final is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Now, Not so much. As a Canadian, though, don't isn't that what you want to tell your fans? It's a rivalry. We need you to get fired up. And, like, they... For promotional purposes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were into that, and the crowd got into it, and then they got smashed. I I like, for promotional purposes, yes. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. I'm on board. However, Canada's got some work to do. Okay, deuce in the first set, fine. You're close, 25-23. Oh, wait, hold on, that was... That oh, was the old boy. One. Hold Given, on. Given false information. Like yeah, I when it defeated, like I did yeah, all okay, last week. When it defeated Canada in three. There you go. Because I thought it was three. 
First set. Yep. Second set, 25-20. Okay. That was close. Mm-hmm. 25-14, Canada? Did you get tired? Did they not play the inspirational video again between sets two and three? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. You're, you're better than that. You're better than that, Canada. And we had our solid squad, right? Reed was there. Clay, no. No Clay. Matt Anderson at the opposite position. Yeah. Doing a little hybrid. Nice. Uh, passing a bit out of that opposite spot. Sean Rooney at the outside hitter spot. Steadying out some passing. BJ said by the third set, Fred Winters was hurt. That's right. He got hurt in the second set. And Sonias? Yeah, Sunias. Dallas Sunias had been removed as well. What what the heck happened to their opposite? What happened to Gavin? He had a uh, smoothie king before the match and decided that wasn't the best move. He had a contusion. <laughs> he was day-to-day with a contusion. <laughs> yeah, Canada. I, I thought you were better, guys. Uh, Gavin had surgery yesterday, apparently. Well, had I known that, I would have... You wouldn't have crushed him? I would have picked the United States more. Gotcha. I, honestly, because they need him. They need Gavin Schmidt. It's terrible for the U- or for the for the Canadians. Good for the U.S. Reed Pretty, outside hitter, played Where's well. Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. He's in Canada, Stephus. He's probably home now, but he has no car, according to Reed Pretty. We're going to find out more information on that. Yeah, what was that email? I was an Olympic gold medalist, multiple-time <laughs> MVP of the U.S. men's <laughs> national team. End up without a car. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Can't be on the show today. I don't have a car anymore. He said anymore. It's not like I don't have a car today, like it's in the shop. He said, like, I don't have a car anymore. Has he not seen Roadhouse? Does he not know you're supposed Roadhouse. to have your nice, fancy Mercedes, <laughs> which I've seen him in? In a barn. Right. But then you're supposed to have the beater that you can take out when you need it, that you can park on the mean streets of Huntington Beach. So people can slash your tires and break your windows, and it costs you 200 bucks to fix. Yeah, jam yeah. your antenna through whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but Nice Roadhouse reference. Patrick Swayze. Yep. Left boot. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great movie, by the way. It, I, no, it was not a great movie. Yes, it was a great, terrible film. Okay, thank you. It was a great, terrible film, yes. Because some films are so bad, they're great. Yeah. Some films are just bad, but if you go so bad... Sharknado. Sharknado. Never saw it. Sharknado is right up there with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But they knew... Here's the difference. Sharknado knew they were making a bad movie. Right. Roadhouse was trying to make a legit movie. Well, that's true. But it was still so bad it was good. The woman in there is gorgeous. Don't remember her name. So yeah. Pull it up. She's also gay. But beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Love that piece of trivia that was There's your pop ir- irrelevant. <laughs> yep. She's lesbian. <laughs> so Reed has no car. <laughs> have a Going car. back to from lesbians in Roadhouse to Reed having no car. Reed. Oh, he'll call in. Rent something. You mean no car? How you get to practice tomorrow? Oh wait, it's over. People are going overseas. So Reed is not going overseas right now. Andy has no car. Are you just cutting expenses? He can't use Uber. <laughs> he, can't, he can't take Uber from Huntington to Redondo Beach. <laughs> Reed, they have this new thing called the internet, <laughs> the interweb. Your phone will connect to this, and but you online? can use the service called Uber. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure what's going on with Pretty. I know he doesn't have practice. Reed, not calling in now. He does not want to. He, he just doesn't want to come to the show. That's he fine. has a car. It's no problem at all. He he could have 
charged up the gym car. Okay, doesn't he have the golf cart? He's got the gym. He could have just charged the gym and gotten going. And then charged it here while he was doing the show. I wouldn't make it here. But no. Okay. I, I just I don't understand. But congratulations to the U.S. men. Uh, good job. Congratulations to Micah Christensen. Yeah. Supposed to be, supposed to be, at USC. Correct. Matriculating. Matriculating. Doing some preseason. Yep. Getting in his two hours a week, as we covered last week. Yep. Two hours a week of training. Yep. Instead, he's down with the U.S. men's national team, setting them to a gold medal at North Vega. Do you think that is... Uh, Being best server and best setter of the tournament, by the way. That's Barra's plan. Tire him out before the season starts so he doesn't have to face him in the regular season. Yeah, he will require him to come <laughs> back for sure. So, Micah, yeah, we're going to need you to run 100 suicides every day, all day. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll see you in the season. And I think he's just going to be a junior, Micah. He's not even a senior. Somebody's talking about him skipping his year to to go, like, Micah, stay in school, man. Keep playing. You'll be fine. It'll all work out. Well, congratulations. We have some audio from Micah we will play uh, in just a little bit. I understand it's... He's a junior this season. Yeah. Yep. Right. Thanks, BJ. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm glad to see that actually happening. That hasn't happened too often on the men's side. We haven't had enough, and maybe it's quality of players, but we haven't had enough players spend time with the men's national team before returning to college at that age. I've seen a couple. We've seen uh, Mike Lambert do it. Mm-hmm. John Hyden did it. Mm-hmm. But Who made the finals this weekend? But you need to, I think, have more guys doing that, spending time with the senior team. I mean, just the even if you're not playing, just being in the gym with those guys has just got to rub off, right? Absolutely. And I like the expansion on the women's side. They, for the B team, haven't had the same type of com- competitive opportunities, competition opportunities mm-hmm. that they've had in the past. Mm-hmm. So they had four teams for their A2. Normally that A2 would be maybe a training squad of oh, 23 yeah. and one team that would go play somewhere. This one, you had four teams playing tournament training. I think that's that's probably more valuable for your overall talent development pool. I'll buy that. I like that. Yeah. I, I like more players in the gym. I would like to have had the opportunity to be in the gym more. Yeah. And not to just try out for a team, but to be in there for some training block. Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks over a summer where I'm in there training. We're not necessarily training for anything, but you're being invited to USA camp. And yeah, you're going to play some scrimmages. You're going to see the men's national team. You're going to be in that system. I like that that's happening now. I think that's a great step forward. Well, I look forward to having uh, John on the show again soon when they're done traveling and he's home just to hear how his basically first season-ish coaching the national team is gone. We'll, tr- we'll try and get him in two weeks. Because yeah. mind you, John goes right back to his other job at UCLA. His real job. Right. <laughs> right, his first job. Yeah. This is just his second job. The job he actually got hired for first. Correct. Yep. Correct. Then went to his employer and said, well, you're not really giving me enough work. I, I need some more hours. <laughs> I have uh, way too much free time. I'm trying to qualify for insurance. Can I, can I pick up some other hours at this other place? His tweet yesterday, I think it was yesterday, said, hours of sleep, zero. Gold medals, one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Congratulations, U.S. men. Good job in that tournament. It's not, not an easy tournament to play, not because the competition is all that good, but because the competition is generally bad. Let me ask you this. When you go into a tournament like that and you know that 
90% of the teams you should just easily beat. Yeah. Is that harder to mentally prepare for than it is a tournament where it's like, okay, every match is going to be really tough? Yeah, I think it is. And I remember Doug Beal yelling at me in one of many times. In say, San Juan, that, one, that one time? In San Juan, Puerto Rico, when we were playing Barbados. Yeah. He said, you look like the other team doesn't even deserve to be here. I said, they don't. <laughs> True. <laughs> but <laughs> he says, go out there and play like you know how to play. Yeah. Don't look disinterested. Or, you know, something like that. But yeah. I'm not remembering correctly because it's a blur. I, honestly, I, I don't know where nine years went. Most of my early career is a blur. But it, it, I remember that moment, him, him getting on my case for behaving that way. Because it's hard. The United States opened with St. Lucia. They beat them 12, 10, 11. And I'm sure weren't trying that hard. Of course not. They didn't you... beat the Dominican Republic 1917-9. Are you just working on your side of the ball at that point? You should be. Yeah, like that's yeah. when you're calling when you're calling timeouts or in timeouts. Like, look, here's what we're running. I want to try this, or we're going to do this, and yeah. go from there. Okay. Exactly. And and the U.S. men, I mean, they took care of business. They beat Puerto Rico 13, and then lost to Doucet, then 20 and 16. Not bad. Puerto Rico's okay. Yeah, they have some good talent. The impressive one was the Canadian match because even without Gavin, Canada's pretty good. Yeah. But then if they lose winners and Sunius is out. Yeah, Canada's going down quickly, and that's why you see that score in the third set. Uh, but, um, yeah, a win is a win. You go home and win Norseka, that's a win. When I came yeah, I don't to, care who you play, who's in the tournament. You right. You win, you win. When I came to the world of Norseka, we went to San Juan, Puerto Rico for this same tournament, same year as far as the function goes, my first year on the team. We, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea really what we were doing what I was supposed to be doing. And we faced Cuba in the final. We made the final. I was starting. Uh And I was in there passing against Ramon Gatto. Uh Uh-huh. Gatto. And he crushed me. The cat crushed me. (laughs) So this guy had a wonderful arm. He was probably the guy that jumped like 85 feet out of the gym. No, he wasn't. Not like that. No, no, no. no. But he he was a good jumper. 6'2", maybe. Long arms. I'm talking like Allen Iverson arms. Nice. And this guy would, first of all, tattoo me in the chest <laughs> with one serve, coming at me like super hook serve. I remember I was in the right back. He was serving from his right side, so it's coming across court. Puts like some side spin on it, hooks me, hits me in the chest with it. Very next serve lands on the 10-foot line, cuts it down to the 10-foot line. Wow. Then he hits me again. <laughs> like... What the hell what, is going on here? What is here? happening right now? <laughs> it was my welcome to international volleyball moment. That's funny. However, I got subbed out. Whatever. I think I came back in. We ended up losing. Cuba was unbelievable. But that was kind of the waning moments for Cuba of that generation of players. And that moment inspired me to learn how to cut the ball. On your from jump, the service on your jump serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it became a tremendous weapon for me. And that's something I've been talking to Matt Anderson about throughout the years. Can you cut the ball? Because he can hit the ball plenty hard from the service line. He has got yeah. that aspect. Yeah. He can back everybody up. And when you watch teams receive from Matt Anderson, they're standing within three foot of the end line. He mm. has so much open court. If he can make it look the same and then drop and cut it at the end, it would be huge. Mm. And I developed that only because Ramon Gatto burned me, put me out of the match yeah. with his serving. He, he hear the whistle. Gnarly. Sub. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Screw.
Screw you, cat. Yeah, exactly. Um, Texas Troll had a question about, are any of these college kids, when they play internationally, does it affect eligibility at all? Because they're not, not making money. Not with the U.S. team. You can play with the U.S. national team. It has zero effect on your NCAA eligibility. Okay. Zero. As long as they're not getting like a smart car uh, sponsorship while they're out there. Yeah, they're probably not taking home any shark watches or beach no, chairs. No Rockwells. No Rockwells. <laughs> God, I'd love to get a Rockwell. Go ask Casey if you can hook me up. I'm sure it can. I should have gotten hooked up in the, the moto world this last year. but You should have asked him before he won four tournaments in a row. Now he's kind of big time, so he may not. He may not, yeah. He, I'm, we're just lucky he's calling in. You probably didn't even tell him I was here. I didn't. He was just calling in because I asked him to be here. Perfect. So the United States won Norseka this tournament in 2003, 2005, 2007. Cuba had won the last two, 09 and 11. So congratulations, USA, on once again winning Norseka. I remember we won it in 99. Cam was in the uh, is in the chat board. He said their blocking wasn't there. U.S. was serving really well, and their technical jump floats were too easy to pass. Okay. And Canada gets nervous. We own Canada. <laughs> and I, I, not according to the video they played beforehand. I say this seriously. I, I say this seriously. We we own Canada when the chips are down. <laughs> Cam said the best part of the night was his live pregame show. <laughs> Which I'm sorry I missed. There's, remember I was telling you iOS is mucked up stuff on my Facebook and on my email oh, and yeah. stuff? That was one of those things. I told Cam. Let you know. What time? Let me know. And I never heard back, only to figure out later that somehow that never went through. Uh, your message to him never went through. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. So, yeah, I'd, I would love to have done that. Would it be good for the sport if there was a rivalry with USA and Canada? Like a legit rivalry. Like, they're winning some, we're winning some, it's always a battle. Probably be good for fan interest. I no. don't think it'd be any better for the United States. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it'd probably be good for fan interest. It'd be good for the zone to have three good teams in the zone because you'd get better competition more often. I think those matches matter. Did you just text me? Uh, that, well, it's from Reed and you. I guess. Oh, sorry. I didn't see Reed. You had responded to Reed. I didn't see Reed's text. My bad. I, I'm surprised he has a phone. He has no car. Apparently, he still kept his phone. And by the way, I just got another text from somebody. Though can remain nameless right now. But let me tell you, let me explain something to you. If you ever text me, email me, smoke signal me, <laughs> bat symbol, flag me, you have whatever, a bat symbol, yeah. That says call me when you get a second. Yeah. I'm not calling you. Why? Because you're texting me to call you as opposed to you calling me. Here's what the person If you want to, to talk do. to me, you call me. No, they're being respectful of what you might be doing. Right no. now you're doing no, 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 a show. No, 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 no. They're saying it's not that important, but I would like to speak to you when you have time. Then that's what the text message should say. I know you're busy. Or you call and if I'm busy, it goes right to voicemail. No, Kevin, I don't like it. I think you're just grouchy and sick. That is true. But no, you do not text me and tell me to call you when I have a second. Fine, Jeremy. I'll consider myself warned. Yeah. And and now I'll just text you that all the That's time. That's fine. And you will never, ever hear from me. <laughs> not one time. <laughs> Jeremy, this is really important. Call me when you get a sec. Nope. <laughs> not calling you. I do get annoyed with getting texted all the time on things that I would just appreciate a call that would clarify it in two seconds. I'm driving. I'm in a meeting. I don't need to be typing on my phone for a half an hour to what could have been done in a minute. Yeah. On my uh, On a phone call. Yeah. I Sometimes that happens. And people just, they like to text. They're not all like my uncle, my grumpy old uncle who at some point can't, quote, I can't handle a cell phone call right now. You can't handle can't a wait. call? <laughs> all right. Then I can't handle talking to you. Or if I call you and you answer the phone and say, oh, can I call you right back? Just let it go to voicemail. 
Because what if I had to tell you something really quickly and I don't have time for you to call me back? But because you said... No, I'm doing you a courtesy by picking up the phone saying, I want to talk to you, but I have something really important going on. No, no, no. If I call you and you're like... Man, you're difficult. Yeah. No, I'm just... How does Nicole put up with Common sense, because she knows, because she likes common sense, too. Jeez. Uh, Speaking of common sense, read on the phone. No, that's not speaking of common (laughs) sense. (laughs) That wasn't a good transition. You're an Olympic gold medalist and you don't have a car. How did this happen? Let's hold on. Hold on. Jeez. Read? It's so funny you guys are talking about this because as I look through all my monthly expenditures, I was thinking about cutting all my minutes and just transferring them to text messages. (laughs) Great. And no longer making another phone call and just texting people. Great. Pretty. How do you end up without a car before we get to congratulations? Yeah, important stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I was so bummed. You know, that car I've been driving uh, was a lease because I've never owned a sedan. I've always had like an SUV or something like that. And so... um, Whatever, two and a half years ago, I decided to not commit it to buy one, but leasing one. And I ended up loving it so much that I wanted to keep it, but financially was not, um, it was worth less in depreciation than what was left on the uh, lease term. So we're, uh, I've got a lot to do this week. And one of it, one of uh, the things I got to do is, is find a new set of wheels. So did you know this before you got home from Canada, or did you just show up and your car is gone? <laughs> Repoed. I, I with a note on the front door. Before we left. Oh, okay. <laughs> the repo guy didn't break in, do a few sets on the bench press, and then take your car? <laughs> oh, man. That was sad. I, was, I like that car. <laughs> you diesels, can, man. It's all about diesels. You, we, can get, you can get another one. We were sad when our when our lease left, too. Our BMW convertible, gone. What? Can't you kind get, of a bummer. Can't you get another one? I don't understand. We could, but I'm up. It's my turn. Oh. That was the wife's car. I'm still driving something that has 130,000 miles on it. It's got a shattered windshield. Things are falling apart. The radio doesn't work all of a sudden one day. It's your turn. I yeah. It. It's my turn. And I'm either getting a Sprinter van and a Prius or I'm getting a Toyota truck. I think you should get a smart car like Phil Dahlhauser has now because apparently he fits in it. So that means you can fit in it. Ivan Milkovic drove a smart car. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, opposite for Yugoslavia and my pro team drove a smart car for a long time. There you go. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking of going Sprinter van though, along with the Prius, because I can't drive the Sprinter every day. No, we're talking 170, the super tall one that's 24 feet long. That's not your daily car. But it gets awesome mileage. It gets 22 miles a gallon diesel. You know, you know what my truck's getting right now, driving the kids around 10, 10. So I want to get a Prius that does 50. And I want to get the, the, the hauler that does 22. Reed's still on the phone. Who cares? <laughs> Reed, what are you going to get? You know, you know what's interesting about the car discussion is that we've um, enlisted the help of a, an auto broker. And the more I think about it, I don't understand why auto brokers aren't more. I mean, this is the, the worst. It's something you have to have, but it's the worst place to put your money. And it's a depreciating. It's not even an asset. It's a liability that depreciates. Right. And, and so my parents-in-law have used this guy who basically he's got his dealer's license, but he's also uh, basically he knows all the numbers. And so, you know, we go in blind as consumers to these dealerships and think that they're going to do us, do us right. And, um, and so we're, uh, we've got our, our hands out there looking for the same car or, um, or a truck as well, and oh, we'll, we'll see what we find out. But I, uh, 
I have the same guy looking for a sprinter for one of my friends. So if you're interested, Kevin, we could talk off air. There you go. Or actually, you know what? Why don't you just text me? <laughs> <laughs> text me and call me when you get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reed, let's get to the important stuff. Congratulations on the gold medal. Way to go, Team USA. And you had the opportunity. In studio audience. You had the opportunity to play again with Team USA after taking World League off. How fun was it for you to return to the floor? It was uh, it was very fun. Uh, I remember talking to you early in the summer, and I told you guys on the show that I think you're going to know what you need to know about this team after this tournament. And I think I think uh, I think it's true. I think there's a lot of great things happening. I had I really enjoyed myself. I think in the break. Um, I came back and sort of had my sights set on Rio personally, and it was just too far away. And so the first couple of weeks were a little bit of a grind, uh, just kind of getting back into the routine of of just the long hours and the sacrifice that, that goes with uh, competing with the national team and was able to just put it in smaller perspective and and sort of, uh, you know, just tighter tighter goals. And so... I was able over the last six weeks or so to really enjoy one day at a time, and that made this tournament even more enjoyable. So it was great. I think uh, most notably for me, it's the first time in my whatever 14 years being on the team that there's been this much focused intent and synergy this early in the quad. So I I really like what's going on. I, I like the vibe, I like the, the stuff that the players are doing. I like the stuff the staff's doing. I just think it's a really healthy environment to to for a group of people, a group of individuals, to try to collectively reach the highest potential of the group. And uh, it was it was fun to compete and be a part of it. Yeah, it's an interesting situation with the team because there was so much instability just uh, eight years ago when Hugh McCutcheon took over because you guys were moving. You guys were in a transitional year. Everyone knew you were moving from Colorado Springs, and uh, there was a lot of things happening around the team for that next year as they prepared to move. Then four years ago, you had Alan Knife new to the job, trying to learn on the job, not knowing uh, really anything about the international game, having been named the head coach. So he was playing catch-up, and a lot of the team playing catch-up. This seems like some good stability in spite of the fact there are a lot of new players but it seems like the staff is lending a lot of that stability. Is that is that where it's coming from? Is from the top? Yeah, I think so. I think that, that you know it starts with John. I think he's doing a tremendous job. I think uh, the staff that he's put together provides uh, just a it, it's a learning environment. And um, yeah, I think even within you know it's I think he made a great point that uh, it, it's easier sometimes to, to learn from your losses but can you learn from your wins and take something valuable and I think even in that final uh, as well as we played I think there were there were lots uh, one thing in particular but lots of things that we could take from that experience and, and build on and learn from and I think um, that's the type of environment where special things can happen is when it's intentional and, and focused and um, sort of the collective uh, thought process is to try to maximize each touch, each rep, each day, and and that's fun to be a part of. To uh, be 
sort of at the brink of your limits, constantly be pressed and stretched. And uh, I feel that way, and I think that's a, it's a really great feeling to continually be uh, put in situations where you're trying to grow. Note to self, Reed Pretty likes being treated like a nice dress shirt at the dry cleaner. He likes to be stretched and pressed. <laughs> wow. Uh, US, I think USA Volleyball is also to be commended for this, and I've spent plenty of time in my life beating USA Volleyball over the head for one reason or another. But I think that the environment they've created, when I come down there to that gym and when I talk to players about the training environment, about the coaching staff, about the support network that surrounds the team and the way that it functions – this is something that the U.S. team has never had to the level that, it, that it's at right now, in my estimation, looking in from the outside. And, Reed, you can tell me whether um, what I'm saying is correct, that I have never seen a better set of support uh, uh, services established for the success of this team. And I take that back to the federal building and all the nostalgia that some of the old guys have for that. It was a dump. It sucked. The federal building is garbage. The lights sucked. The floor was okay. The, the roof was too low. The location was garbage, and you didn't have anything surrounding that. Your trainer worked out of a room that's no bigger than my closet. That sucked. The training center was an upgrade to that, although it was at altitude, and there were a lot of other sports competing for the same facilities, the same uh, use of staff that that we were, and that caused problems. If you were rehabbing or you had an actual injury, ice and stem does not cure a broken leg. So it, it seems like, Reed, that the way things have been crafted here over the last eight years in Anaheim are really totally focused and designed for maximum athlete and team success. Is that accurate, and are there places that it can still improve? I, I think it's totally accurate, and, you know, as you – as you put it that way, I, I, so many names come to mind, as I've observed, who have contributed to that. It was not just one person or one decision or one initiative that said, oh, this is going to become what it is today. It's been a lot of contributions over time. And, uh, you know, the first and foremost would have been, yes, USA Volleyball deciding that altitude was not good for us and sort of breaking loose. And when that took place – that was not necessarily with a big uh, budget coming from the USOC. I think USA Volleyball was really taking a chance there. But as USA Volleyball invested in that project, I think the USOC over time has come to really appreciate this sort of satellite campus, if you will, and has since really bulked up the financial support, as I understand, and they've sent out a, a full-time strength and conditioning coach, a full-time nutritionist, and um, really the equipment is state-of-the-art there. And like I said, that wasn't, hey, when you guys move out there, we're going to write this big check and, and make this happen. I think that what over time that took place, and I think of all the services that you mentioned, you know, a guy like Aaron Brock, um, our athletic trainer for the last eight years himself, uh, really built this infrastructure network. I've mentioned it before on the show and just went out there, made calls, built relationships, tried people out to where now I think he's struggling to put players in massage times because there's so many massage times. Oh, before, stop right there. We can know. help that. Jeremy and I are available. Just let me know. And then, of course, you know, now USA Volleyball has, has brought out Gary Moy to sort of head up 
the senior national teams. And so it's sort of a, a full operating system uh, with the, the office and administrative support. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, think, I think that uh, the move was sort of a gamble. It was a risk that USA Volleyball took, and I commend them for that. And, and it's really developed into a, a great center. Yeah, I think something to be followed, you mentioned the support of the USOC and the increase in support of the USOC, and that did not happen initially. But the dedicated campus for individual national governing bodies, if the governing body is organized enough, I think USA Volleyball has pioneered that concept. Reed, getting more in-depth with your gym and the John Sparrow gym, you're through almost the completion of the first year now that you guys have qualified for Grand Champions Cup. You'll have an opportunity to get back together, but not for any massive amount of time. It'll really be next year, next May, before you guys are all back in the gym on a regular basis. Tell me about adjusting to the John Spraw run gym and also the John Spraw offensive philosophy and the speed and timing necessary for that. How, how have the adjustments gone and how has it been for you as a veteran guy and how do you think it's been for some of the younger guys? Well, as a veteran, it's, it's really interesting because um, I think I'm coming to this realization uh, recently, but if if you have the same coach, let's say that there was one national team coach over the last 14 years, then as a player you adapt and learn that system, and then it's about you continuing to play and thrive within that system and also passing that system down. But when there's been these coach, coaching shifts and these system shifts, as a veteran you almost have to relearn and continually be adapting or else you become um, you're no longer an asset it's almost viewed as being bitter and grumpy and because you're trying to you know, sort of hang on to a previous system even if that previous system worked and you know earned a gold medal um, and so it's been really interesting just to sort of go through that growth process of realizing that there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat, so to speak, and to sort of come to terms with the fact that you have to adapt and learn a new system. And, and I feel like John's philosophy of how he wants the game to be played is actually right up my alley, and it's a breath of fresh air. It's aggressive. Uh, he uses probably the major word that he uses is fearless um, and focused, intentional, those types of words. And I really feel like um, I'm just, that that's just right up my alley. And, and that's where I'm finding um, I thrive the most as an athlete. And so it's been fun to learn. But with that said, I still have an, a lot of old rules and systems that are sort of default of all the 10,000 hours I've put into different systems. Uh, for example, in serving, um, it's our gym's philosophy that what should be thought about is the target. All your attention should go into the target and then your, your routine and process, not the context. Uh, in previous systems, we had context rules, like you don't miss a serve after another serve. That was missed. You right. don't miss after a timeout. You don't miss on game point. So I'm having to relearn some of those default system rules because that's definitely not a rule of this team. The rule of this team is to go back there, 
and focus on your target. Intensely go through your routine and and do your thing. And if that means that three guys before you missed, that's that's in the past. We're right now in the present, and it's about you picking your target. And uh, I just think that that's a very freeing way to play. And, um, you know, I'm at my best when I'm fearless, aggressive, intentional, and focused. And I feel like uh, John's system plays to that. And, and I think that the staff he's brought in uh, aligns with that as well, with both Mike Wall and, uh, and Ferbs. And we also have Andrea Becker, who is our, our um, team psychologist. I don't know how, what you'd call her, but she, she, uh, she's really my pepper partner. Like, um, she adds a lot of value, especially to me, where I feel like skills-wise, uh, I can always be better, but the, but the mental game is where I see the most opportunity for growth and where I'm trying to, to really pour a lot of my attention in on and so I feel like there's something for everybody in this gym and and um, I'm having a I'm having a great time playing. Andrea's the the head shrinker. That's what she is. Uh, she's she's also my pepper partner. Read pretty. When I show up to matches, <laughs> when I come to practice, I pepper with Andrea just to to get in a little work. Nice. Yeah. No, I I love the the fearless, focused, intentional. That's that's good stuff. That's fun stuff. That's kind of empowering for you as a player and and that that is a fun system to play in i'm sitting here warming up the knees thinking about it right now i i wonder reed pretty since you're a man without a country i just wonder if now you're going to cheer for ucla all year (laughs) (laughs) yeah i might just start swooping in on college practices because i don't have a pro team to go to and i want to stay fit and sharp so who knows maybe i'll just start swooping in on uh fall training sessions in the Southern California area and see if I can't get a few reps at uh, some different schools. And, and who knows, since I don't really have an alma mater to cheer for, uh, maybe I'm up for grabs. Yeah, that's what I mean. As far as your alma mater goes, I've forgotten the fact you don't have a pro contract, but I just mean that LMU uh, has done you no favors, so they're <laughs> out. So you, you're free to cheer for anyone. But remember, if you show up in a gym, that's probably an NCAA violation. Just remember that. You're... You're getting somebody somehow in trouble. Hey, guys are headed overseas. You are not, but uh, where are guys headed, and how quickly are they going there? They're, I mean, they're on planes today going. We've got guys going to France, going to Russia, um, Turkey, Italy, Poland. So, yeah, guys are off. And uh, I think everyone's fired up to to go play. I know a lot of these guys – are on the front end of their careers and excited to go get the reps and, and play a sort of uh, different role and, and uh, within their clubs. And um, I think we're all super fired up to, to meet back in Japan and uh, get a crack against um, definitely number one and two in the world, Brazil and Russia. And um, that should be a really fun tournament and glad that uh, our, our season continues. Who's left? Who's left behind besides you? Who's the? I'm sorry. Who's left behind besides you? Who's left behind? Left. Who? Who else does not have an overseas position besides you? And, oh, and uh, can you carpool with them? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think there's a handful of guys that that don't. Um, uh, I think Rooney's still working things out between maybe China and the Korea deal. Uh, I think Clay left in the last couple of days. 
to go to Japan and play. He was really fired up about that. Um, Kyle Caldwell, uh, I think, is is still here. Um, try, there's other guys I just just can't think of them right now. But there's enough to uh, to get in and stay fit. Um, but let's not forget the sun's out and there's golf courses to be played, and uh, we're still trying to break 80 before the new year. Way to be that's also on the agenda. Way to be fearless, focused, and intentional, Reed Pretty. Good job. There's, there's all sorts of translation of all that I'm learning on the court over to the course and vice versa. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Keep telling John Sparrow that. I like that. When you're when you're out there doing uh, jump squats before you go and tee off, then I'll I'll give you some uh, crossover space. <laughs> if you if you're doing wind sprints, if you're doing wind sprints to catch your tee shot, yes. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, here funny funny footnote here. The course that's real close to my house, uh, it's actually two minutes away, it's called T-Cliff Country Club. There is a, a group that plays every morning, and one of the guys holds the world record for the fastest round of golf ever played under par. And it's gnarly. I've seen, I, he played through our group one morning, and uh, they play, I think the record was like 43 minutes. 18 Whoa. holes, score under par. Whoa. So he basically sprints from one ball to the next. Pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Japan and Clay. Clay is healthy and playing? Clay is healthy. He's playing. I think uh, he would rest assured knowing that he's got a couple months of competitive uh, reps under his belt. So I know that you know, I, don't think, I don't think the jury's still out, but I think for his peace of mind, he really wants to get into some action. And uh, he's going to be over in Japan, as I understand, for a couple months preparing, but they don't start matches till uh, December. So, I know he's always wanted to play in Japan, and this opportunity presented itself, and he, he wants to get back on the court. And he's really taken the caution route to make sure things are right. And um, and now he gets to go over there with his new bride and uh, get back on the horse. And, and I know anybody who's seen Clay lately uh, knows that he's as fit as he's ever been physically. And now it's just about getting those reps back on the knees and the shoulder. And uh, side note, uh, I told him this personally. He finished his tattoo mural. I don't know if, oh, yeah. if our hmm. listeners have ever seen the uh, – but he's got this huge koi now on his arms, and I told him it was just such a bad move to get him now because his arms will never be this big again. <laughs> so the joke is by the time he's 70 or 80, it might be down to a goldfish. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Reed, pretty. Thanks for checking in. Enjoy your round of golf today. I hope the gem car can uh, can get you to the course. Sounds good. All right, guys. Miss you. All right. Good job. Reed, pretty checking in. Once again, gold medal for the USA men. Koi to goldfish. It's awesome. I like that. I like that a lot. Glad to hear that Clay Stanley is back and healthy and getting to play in Japan. Something I wish I had done. I wish I had the opportunity to play in Japan. Yeah, had my career gone on long enough, maybe I could have made that happen, but... Uh, I hope he has a great season over there. That's pretty cool. It's a neat place to be. It's a very foreign environment, but a very cool place to go and, and be a volleyball player. He's going to stand out a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, he's a he's a celebrity over there. He's going to sign some some endorsement deals. He's going to be pitching whiskey like Bill Murray. Nice. Lost in translation great or something. It'll be awesome. And that movie, if you, if you watch that film and you're a little bummed out on it, go to Japan. 
then you'll understand. Because I watched that film and I went, they really captured what it's like to be in Japan. Really? Like that's nice. That's a lot of what it's like. It's just this completely foreign, clean, technologically advanced, wonderful, strange place. Yeah. For an American. And it's on my bucket list. It's cool. I, I got to take the wife and, and the kids out to Tokyo. Sorry. But I might have or to win the lottery. Time. Might have to win the lottery first. So good. Let's take a short break here, Jeremy, because we have uh, on the other side. We try not to get knocked off air like you did to us last time we talked. He so. said boom, and then the episode was over. It was over. Like literally over as soon as you said the word boom. Yeah. yeah. So, Casey, you know, Please. I don't know. Maybe go and touch something metal before you call <laughs> so we don't get the electrostatic. That, Gra- ground yourself first. Yeah, don't get it, get us an EMT. <laughs> an EMT. What is it? EMP. An EMP blast. Electromagnetic pulse. Correct. We don't want that coming through the lines this time. <laughs> the Net Live on a Monday. We'll be right back with Casey Patterson.
Do you know who this is, Kevin? Saw him last night, Jeremy. Just making sure. The XX, baby. Check him out, the XX. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Great venue. Great venue. Lots of fun. Uh, went up there, took the picnic basket, took a bunch of guacamole, cheese, crackers, sausage, wine, took the limo up, took the limo back. Things might be a little fuzzy for certain members of my party on the limo ride back. Getting up this morning was not fun. And how about your kids just terrorizing you when you got home? You were feeling high on life, and you get home, and they're crying, and they're up. It's 11.45. Picked them up from our friend's house where there were four of them, five of them staying over there. We get there, and one's got, like, a hurt thumb, and he's still awake. The other one is still awake. Didn't eat dinner. Like, what do you mean you didn't eat dinner? Well, the pizza was too hot. Well, what what time was that? <laughs> the pizza was too hot. Right, and then he had... For how long? Exactly. Didn't eat. And first of all, it's pizza. Now I got one kid complaining he hasn't eaten anything, and I got another kid complaining that his thumb hurts, and then telling the other one what to do. I'm like, you guys are you guys are killing my flow here. I just had a great time, and I just want you to be in bed. And neither one was asleep. It's 11:45 on a school night. Both of them hit the sack about 12. It's not good for them. They were both a little slow this morning. Not to mention me. Especially after you beat them. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> After the obligatory belt whipping. <laughs> Come with me to the garage, kids. Sheesh. Julie Chan yep. chimed in on the Facebook page mm-hmm. with a recommendation for a name for Emily Day. Oh, yeah. Call her Payday. Because? Did she give a because? She did. I, I didn't write the because down. No. I did like it. Payday. Something about her blocking. I don't know if she realized it, and this was Dustin Aval's suggestion, but played Day and Night by Kid Cudi for her while she's warming up. But then it can also go for that team, because you could say that her and Summer's personalities are Day and Night, too. It works on a lot of different levels, Kevin. I'm just thinking of the old Cosby show scene. Night and day. <laughs> Night and day. You could, you could go all the way back to that. You could play that. That, totally yeah, that would freak people out. Totally just lost all of our listeners. It's jazz, man. Uh, I'm with you. Okay. But no, I'm not going to play jazz on the stadium court. It'd be kind of cool. You never know. It'd be different, man. you got to be an interview, an, an innovator. Um, we can't call Summer Ross the White Widow anymore. Why? Did she get his hand? There is Spray on? a female terrorist... Named the White Widow. Oh, that's right. The Kenyan deal. Yeah. So that's not going to work. Oh, that's a bummer. Although Dustin did say, like, if they made the finals, he's like, I'm calling her the White Widow. I don't care. <laughs> Maybe that makes her all the more dangerous. Maybe. Uh, she did not make the finals. And uh, they went after her to get to the finals. Uh, Fatma and Sweat went after Summer. So tell me about this tournament while we have a moment, because Casey is not on the line yet, is he? Not yet. Okay. He'll call in. Uh... Tournament Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was the main draw. Thursday was the qualifier. I got up there on Thursday to watch Casey and Jake, Nick, and Theo complete their St. Petersburg, Florida finals. Theo Bruner, not Theo Huxtable. Correct. And not Thelonious. Theodore is his name. Um, I missed the finals, Kevin. Long story short, I went to... The motel where I was staying. Motel. My key was not there. My key was at the site. I went back to the site. I got the key. I went back to the motel to check in. I had to eat. I ate lunch. I got back to the site. I missed the finals by five minutes. 
The finals lasted 10 minutes, but I missed it by five. <laughs> the 10-minute final. They basically played a game to 11 because they were – Nick and Theo were up 11-10 in the second, and that's where they picked up the finals. Okay. Played it Thursday evening, and Jake and Casey won 21-19. So they won the St. Petersburg Open Thursday in Santa Barbara and then won the Santa Barbara Open Sunday. They are on quite the roll. Yeah, four in a row. What about the women's tournament? Because we'll get to Casey here in a second. We'll hear a lot more about the men's. Women's side, you had Carrie and April partnering for the first time, winning the tournament. They, I didn't see all of their matches, and this is no offense to anybody, but I don't, I don't think they had – the first match they were really pushed wasn't until the semifinals against uh, Brittany Hochaver and Lauren Fendrick. And – Britt coming off a knee issue a couple of weeks ago in St. Petersburg, Florida is definitely not 100%, but they uh, they pushed Karen April the most, and then Karen April got to the finals against Spotman and Sweat and beat them in two. But I don't think – we haven't seen Karen April really get pushed yet, but we also – they also are not where they're going to be. They're already – I mean, they're both really good servers. April's a great jump server, and Carrie's a great blocker, so you have that to deal with if you're on the other side of the net. And then now April has said that she was going to basically play full-time D, but there were a couple times where Carrie was serving and April stayed up at the net. So I'm sure they have that option. They obviously have that option. But they look good. They look like they're having fun together. I mean, that that is a physical team, Carrie and April. Yeah. They're a really physical team. And... It'll be interesting to see how they grow. It was a good tournament for them. Summer and Emily took a third. They lost in the semis to Fatma Sweat. Um, we did not have stadium again in Santa Barbara, similar oh, old to school. similar to the Manhattan Beach Open this year. Yeah, and it was cool. I think it looked good. How was the attendance? The attendance was good. I mean, it's it's tough this time of year because everybody's back in school. I was a little concerned on Friday because usually by Friday afternoon I can tell people are getting off work. They come down and check it out. There wasn't as many people Friday as I expected there to be. Right. But then come Saturday and Sunday, I mean, there was – you probably had 10 people deep around the courts on the center court. I mean, if it looked like Manhattan, Manhattan looked good on TV. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, I think it was a good turnout. I think it was successful. The city of Santa Barbara always supports it pretty well and – um there were no Santa Barbara teams or Santa Barbara associated teams on Sunday. They had all lost. Although Casey Patterson did play club volleyball in Santa Barbara at one point, but I'm not sure how many Santa Barbara people knew that. You can ask him about it when he calls in. But there was no no Nick Lucena who has Santa Barbara ties. No Phil and Todd in the finals or on Sunday. Um, on Sunday, correct. Hmm. Or did they? Yeah, Phil lost, uh, yeah, like the top, the men's side bracket, we can talk about it more. Like basically all the top seeds except for Casey and Jake were in their contenders bracket early. Early. Interesting. Phil and uh, Ryan played, or I'm sorry, Todd and Ryan played Phil and Rosie. It's tough when it's all the same name. Yeah, played Phil and Rosie in the contenders bracket on Saturday evening, and the loser took a ninth. Wow. Um, let me guess the loser of that one, Doherty. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then the last match of the day, which was unbelievable, was Billy Allen 
and Brady Halverson right. against Phil and Rosie. Team kind of good. Whoever wins that gets to the semis the next day. Phil has swing for the match, absolutely annihilates it. Brady just throws his arm out there and gets a perfect dig. Nice. They put it away. They come back and they win in three. Phil was just – actually, maybe they had – sorry, it's all a blur. Phil laughed at the end of the match when the other team won because he's like, I hit that ball as hard as I could and you dug it perfectly, and now you guys just won. It was unbelievable. Cool. Crowd was going nuts. Great fans. Um, the only thing about that part of the beach is really dusty. So you start kicking yeah. up, kicking your feet around a little bit. It is just it's for me. I was great because I was about two stories above the sand, so it was awesome. But uh, with everybody sitting on the sand, you got a little bit of a dust ball. That's for sure. What are the sponsor prospects you think for next year? Because there's one more tournament that happens the second week of December, right? <laughs> October, Kevin. Oh, just October eighteenth. 19th and 20th. One, one last gasp for summer. Huntington Beach. In the middle of October. Hey, bro. Whatever it takes. Yeah. All right. Um, what was your question? Sponsors. Yeah, just the sponsors. How how goes the equation of trying to get sponsors more involved this year to then sign on next year? You know, I think uh, I'm obviously not in the meeting and stuff like that, but I see sponsors walking around. I know they're invited to all these events to come see it, to check it out. Even some of them are like, look, just participate. We won't charge you. Just be involved. If you're involved, you know you'll love it. Um, I think Huntington Beach is going to be a big event where, you know, a lot of sponsors are being invited to that. Be like, here's a Southern California event. Here's a big deal. I think you'll have... I think you'll have some big sponsors next season that are being talked about that are around that I don't feel liberty to say yet, but I think uh, they've been casing the place. For sure. Absolutely. Okay, good. And I, I, like I said before, I know some sponsors, and I know they want to be involved in beach volleyball. They just didn't know who to be involved with. Right. You know, So it's almost like you have to take a step back, see how things develop, right. and then decide who you want to get in bed with. Um, I mean, you know, unlike being at the bar, correct. But I I think the AVP's advantage that they have is they have all of the top players. Yeah. And that's who the sponsors want to be involved with. Okay. How was the uh, pay TV on the Motel 6? Let me put you like this. The TV at the Motel 6? You were literally at the Motel 6. Yeah, that's fine. It had a bed. It it had a bed. It has a shower. I was fine. Did you have enough quarters for the bed? (laughs) The bed did not vibrate, Kevin. But I will say this for the Motel 6. My TV was better there than it was in my casino hotel room in Atlantic City. Well, first of all, casino hotels and lots of these high-end places have gone with some TV system that when you press the button, it takes about four seconds to change channels. That's because they don't want you hanging out in the room. I mean, that's I'm really, right? That's well, it's not the casino, but I'm talking about the other. The Hilton, They probably I will probably spend some time in my room at the Hilton. That's and their fine. TV blows <laughs> nuts. Because of the service they use, it takes forever for the it's channels to change. awful. <laughs> it's awful. And you turn on your TV, you're hitting the channel up button, you're hitting the live TV button, nothing's working. You can't get off the menu that's just showing you the same loop of advertisements for the movies. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on, Hilton. You're the Hilton. I paid like $400 for this, and you're blowing it. Motel 6, good TV. Yeah. It was fine. I don't spend on these events. I'm not really in the room that much. Yeah. I'm at the site the whole time or having dinner at Holdren's, which I highly suggest if you're in Santa Ooh. Barbara. Oh, so good. Holdren's. I've only ever been to Freebirds, but it's because I haven't been to Santa Barbara since I was in college. Mm, no, you're not good friends with Dax Holdren either, so you oh. don't go to his place. Is that his restaurant? It's his family's place. 
Oh. Yeah, hence Holdren's. Oh, never even made that connection. There you go. It was delicious. <laughs> I made the reservation. conviction. I made reservations like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the Santa Barbara event. It's always a lot of fun. The crowd is knowledgeable. I know I know it freaks Donald out sometimes when the crowd is dead silent in the finals watching the match. But because he feels like it's tennis. But right. they're dead silent because they're into the match. Does that some, make sense? Some people watch it like tennis. Those people should. No, I agree. And they applaud when like good things happen. Yeah. But they are. They're really, I mean, they're, yeah, that's true. It's, it's Golf clap. It's United States, man. We're not going to, unless you're Matt, unless we have 5,000 Matt Garthoffs out there, nobody's painting their face. Nobody's dressing up. It just doesn't. Nope, nobody's going just, triangle hat. No, it's just not going to happen. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't think there's anything you can do other than to pay people money. To do things like that, you know. Here, I'll give you money. You dress up like a fool. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, Garhoff does it for free. What but idiot. He, does he look like a fool though? That's the thing. Because he's so committed to it, he doesn't look like a fool. So, no, I, I don't think he looks like a fool. No. You also don't want to upset somebody who's a big supporter of the show. No, he doesn't look like a fool. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like a guy who cares. Is what he looks like. Yeah. I mean, you, but you're right. You, if you're not committed. Then you then you could look like a fool. Although I, I think after having watched the Olympics just last year in London, I think it would be hard to look like a fool given the costumes that I saw. People were showing up in Scooby Doo. I'm not sure why you wear Scooby Doo to a volleyball tournament, but I like it. Do it more. I think that should happen on the beach. That should be a new thing. People are going to wear costumes to the event. That should continue to happen. Here's the thing: I've seen Matt Gardhoff at AVP events, rocking the net live shirts. Love it. Yeah. I've seen him at international events, rocking USA gear. That's the difference. Because the international event, you're playing international competition. AVP, you're playing domestic people, so you don't have that USA pride. It's never stopped Rosie's Raiders. You'd think that uh, Rosie was a separate country. They have Raider pride. (laughs) Raider Nation? The the other Raider Nation. At one point, they were heckling Phil and Rosie. They were heckling their own guys? Yeah. Because they were... They were well, that's what uh, happens. Well, they were beating somebody down, so they started heckling their own team. <laughs> <laughs> we're bored. We need to work on our on yeah. our game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> our heckle. We feel bad for you. Our heckle game. We need to start heckling our own guys. We showed up to practice. It was cut short, so we have to get extra reps. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I like that. No, good for them. I like Rosie's Raiders. In that, yep. In that respect. I will say this about Santa Barbara because, I mean, yes, we're technically on the road, but only two hours north of Los Angeles. Which, by the way, may as well be another country. Correct. But there's not as much, like the last few weeks, you know, Dustin and I get a lot more FaceTime with some of the players because there's no friends or family around for them to hang out with. So oh, right. hang out with Dustin and I. Right. So you don't get as much face-to-face time or as much behind-the-scenes dialogue. It's just, normally would. So so instead of really having some good lunches and dinners, it was just you and Dustin with chicken and a biscuit and some cheese whiz in the room? I will say this. Dustin and I, our meals this weekend, we pretty much dominated. We went to legit breakfast places. Dinner places were awesome. I mean, it was really well done by us. How about a workout? How was the workout room at Motel 6? Dustin did go for a run Friday morning. Really? You guys got to get the TRX. You guys got to travel with the TRX. How do I travel with the TRX? You can split it, maybe. You can get the TRX. You can get the over-the-door mount and then you can you can rep it out rows and stuff atomic push-ups you can do all kind of good stuff with the trx that's what you need gotcha i do go to the gym on the road but no the motel six i didn't do laps in their pool which was a nice pool 
Okay. They had a nice but pool? They did not have a gym. Well, it is the Motel 6 in Santa Barbara, so it's not like the Motel 6 in Dubuque. That is correct. You know, Dubuque where you walk in and they have the continental breakfast, which is the cake donuts from the local Piggly Wiggly. And I will say this. There was a huge cruise ship that was in town. Yeah. So there weren't that many open places to stay in. Cruise ship from where? I don't know, but it was ginormous. From China? Sure. Okay. There was a bunch of old people on it. (laughs) That's all I know. Of any particular nationality? I didn't notice, to be honest with you. All right. So probably our nationality, since I didn't notice. Could be. Whiteys. Our? Bunch of old whiteys. European mutt. Yeah. Bunch of old whiteys on there. White mutt. (laughs) That's what it would be. Casey's still lifting weights. He's uh, adding to the uh, 95 pounds of muscle <laughs> he's put on in the off season. Apparently, it's worked out. Apparently, that has uh, that has worked out for him. How about their coach, by the way? I was just, I was just thinking about coaches. Just thinking about Lane Kiffin, where he's headed. Ah, uh, we'll get to him in a moment. But Tyler Hildebrand, yeah, has basically won four tournaments in a row. Baby Jesus, but has also been like doubling up back to back. Because he was coaching Jen in April in Atlantic City. Oh. They won. Casey and Jake won. He was he coached Jen and, and uh, I mean, Carrie in April this weekend. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. He was in the box. He's the coach du jour, is he? Apparently. He's the go-to. Hmm. Guy's just winning back-to-back. Uh, he's in every single final, just like Dustin and I are ever in every single final. Is Tyler making a living now, being a coach? He's got to be getting a, a, a yes a paycheck yeah from these teams yeah okay I mean think about how much time I mean if he's traveling with the team it has to be worth your time away from home to do all that I mean I I assume it's just a percentage thing like you get a percentage of our winnings but it's not just tournaments I mean obviously he's coaching them and stuff during the week too it's a full time job yeah yeah it's a, it's an important job. But it's not a luxury most players can afford. That's true. Really any but the few we've mentioned, and really not Casey before this week. That is correct. Or before this year, pardon me. Um, Summer and Emily had somebody in their box this weekend. That's a really weird thing to say. Wow. But continue. Wow. You're you're right, but I didn't think about that until you brought it up, so good job, Kevin. Who was coaching? Um, Butch May. Oh! I think it was more... Turncoat! I think, oh, was, wait, no. I think it was more summers. Like he was more for, there for summer, per se. Ah. But uh, Butch May was in attendance and in the box. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Why not? Well, yeah, why not? They're having success, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, good. Payday. Payday. And the White Widow. Can't call her the White Widow anymore, though. It doesn't work, though. It doesn't work together, you know? White Widow or Payday? Well, no, just together. It just The, the two of them together, it doesn't work. It's not like Benefer. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Well, I find myself calling them Emily Roth and Summer Day all the time. Emily Roth? Ross. Speaking of nicknames, Gardhoff, I don't know if you saw the NetLive page, but it's all, or maybe he posted on his own Twitter account, but he wants to people to start referring to Carrie and April as the walrus. 
I did the walrus. And then your music selection is already pre-picked. Yeah. I mean, I think on paper that sounds good, but I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that April and Carrie don't want to be known as the walrus. Giant, fat, hairy, big-toothed beast. Yeah, it's not... Because on paper, W-A-L-R-O-S-S. The walrus. Yeah. The wall of Ross. Yeah, I, I like that. I get it. I just, the, the imagery, <laughs> it's not working for me. It's not, uh, neither one looks like a walrus, thankfully for them. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> neither one has walrus-type features. Yes. Although one is married to a pit squirrel or whatever the heck we're calling Brad Keenan nowadays. Sun squirrel. Sun squirrel. Uh, I didn't see him this weekend to get to what call him that again. What on earth? Sun squirrel. It is awesome. There was also a suggestion that the sun squirrel should have to wear the bear suit from Andrew Fuller. I saw that. Oh. Okay, that's Casey Patterson. That was Casey Patterson's boom. He's online. Nice. Well, I, I don't even know what to do with his uh, intro here, but... You don't know where to go with it? Give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. He's probably still lifting right now to add more, more weight to his... Uh, the 105 pounds he's put on of muscle in the offseason. He's doing bench press right now. Maybe he's moved on to curls. Maybe he's supersetting. We don't know. We'll find out. But this guy played at BYU. Graduated with a degree in recreational management. He's been recreating ever since. Played professionally in Puerto Rico, indoor. Also Sweden. My goodness. Sweden. Really? Sweden? They've got a, they've got a league there? I had a Swedish coach once. Anyways, he's had a fantastic beach career marked by dramatic ascendance this year. Six tournament victories coming in to this season. He's got five on the year with new partner Jake Gibb. He will soon be dumping Jake Gibb for somebody else. But for right now, he's got one more tournament left in the season. Maybe they'll win again. They're on a four-straight victory streak. Welcome to the Net Live once again, Mr. Boom, Casey Patterson. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, dude? Wow, what what a year! When you when you're at home, cashing guy or climbing on you, punching you, just hitting each other, and and Lexi's hanging out with you you're in the living room of your got to be now palatial estate. <laughs> Do you remember the hard times of like twelve months ago? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Always remember those times, especially with the boys crawling all over me, because I used to be thinking about how I was gonna feed them, you know, feed them uh, while they're climbing on me. Where now we can enjoy some gogurts and watch some cartoons. Gogurts, yeah, gogurts are good stuff. That's a commodity around this place. Hey, so you know, coming into this year, you and Jake, you felt good about the partnership, you felt good about your chances. But I guess I probably asked you this last time. Are you even surprised by what you guys have been able to achieve in such a, a short period of time? Yeah, I think in the amount of time is very surprising because I I knew that we would be a good team and that I think a lot of it relied on me catching up and becoming a, you know, uh, you know, a veteran-style player where, you know, the energy isn't just entertaining, but it's also good volleyball. And I think it took a while to get to that point. And I, I thought it would take a lot longer to get to that point. So for it to be such a quick uh, 
successful year for me and partnership with Jake. It's it's been awesome. So uh, I, I feel like I worked real hard in the weight room and then also, uh, you know, on the beach to get where we're at now. So that it wasn't, you know, it it was surprising, but then not really because I'd envisioned success so much throughout my career and then especially in this off season. Do you think that because of the success you guys have had, other teams have started to treat you differently? Oh, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know I, I think that uh, having a little bit of uh, intimidation factor is always helpful. You know, you get maybe one or two points out of a team. That's huge. And so I hope I'm uh, I hope I'm scaring everybody and that Jake and I are scaring everybody because that it just fuels our fire. And so, uh, you know, our, our kind of team motto is uh, <laughs> appropriate fear for every team we play. So we respect everyone, you know, to the highest level. And so, you know, if guys make good plays and they're a team out of a qualifier, we accept that as them being great athletes and working hard to get where they're at. And so I hope that, you know, everyone does the same and maybe he's a little bit more scared. <laughs> Casey, when people talk about you, they talk about the joy with which you play this game and the fun that you're having out there, and it's obvious to everyone the fun that you're having, and that tends to translate onto the crowd. Has that produced anything for you on the sponsorship side of things? Have you had new conversations coming about in the middle of this season? Yeah, you know, biggest thing for me was adding on uh, an agent that I'd never had on the beach, and that's... uh, Evan Morgenstein, who is uh, Phil and Rosie's agent, and uh, he saw us play in the World Series and win that, and we contacted him, and he agreed and is super fired up to be our agent. And so that right there has been uh, big for us because the networking that he has and all the connections has been huge. And I ended up signing with Paul Mitchell halfway through the year, so that was something that, you know, they came up to me and said, why don't why don't we have you as an athlete? I said, I don't know. I've been using your product and trying to have cool hair for my whole career so it's finally paying off <laughs> but it's definitely it's definitely helped a lot of companies are contacting evan and and uh it's you know although nothing's uh, official yet it's awesome just at the thought that you know people are actually recognizing jake and i as a team and you know us individually as athletes because that's big for us in this you know next four years next three years after this summer you know sponsors are, are big for us to be able to have that and not have to stress so much about the income and winning and it's easier to focus on winning yeah you had to push ty trambley out of there you had to get that that hair out of there <laughs> yeah he's still on all the commercials in between matches on our tv and you know what though i couldn't be more stoked for the guy he's probably one of my best friends as far as all the guys on the beach and uh <laughs> he's a He's a good kid, and I, I like him a lot. And any success he has or visibility is, I'm stoked for him. But yeah, hopefully I can uh, swoop in and be the, the top dog for Paul Mitchell. <laughs> is, is there a sponsor that you want? In an ideal world, you could sign any sponsor. Is there a company you would really want to have behind you? For sure, that'd be Red Bull. Absolutely. I uh, I love all the stuff that they do and all the extreme stuff. And uh, I follow them on <coughs> on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, watch all their videos, and they do cool stuff with their beach volleyball athletes, and it seems like they're they're real involved and actually care about it, along with, you know, being one of the companies that pays their athletes a little bit more. That's always a bonus. So uh, I, I really enjoy that. And then, you know, who couldn't use a little extra energy here and there? Because <laughs> that's what Casey needs. He needs more energy. Yeah. 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 My all head right. might explode. <laughs>
All right, so Phil and Todd, you're on notice. Casey's hunting. <laughs> He's hunting. Watch yourself. Yeah. Watch out. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys have, what, one tournament remaining for AVP. Is there anything yeah. left in the international schedule that you're going to play? What does the end of your year look like before you really head into the off season? Yeah, we got three more officially. We have uh, Sao Paulo. We leave next Sunday, or actually this Sunday. Uh, and then uh, that'll be for the Grand Slam in Sao Paulo. Then we have Huntington Beach. And then I think we leave, like, Sunday. If we make the finals in Huntington, we'll leave that night for, I don't know how to say it, it's a China FIVB event that was changed from a, a single-gender women's event oh, yeah. to a dual-gender Grand Slam. They just announced that this week, and so we'll be doing that one also. So we'll have three more. Uh, yeah, that's been uh, Sonia or something at some point, I think. But, yeah, that Chinese yeah, event. Yeah, like Joe, Joe Main or something like that, yeah. Okay, okay, somewhere in China. Yeah, that's a tough travel yeah. schedule if you're going to have to leave on that night. That reminds me of we are just talking to Reed Pretty, and I've done this myself in my career, where you finish a tournament on a Saturday, you fly on a Sunday back home, and then you have to leave on a Monday to go to your overseas team. Uh, that's a that's a pretty yeah, brutal yeah. schedule. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, it gets crazy. Uh, you know, you kind of never really unpack. I don't think I've unpacked this whole summer. My travel luggage has just stayed halfway packed, and then I wash what I use. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. But one bonus for me is I'll get that 100, 100K status for uh, United, and that uh, doesn't seem important to people that don't travel, but for people that do, that status is everything. <laughs> yeah, especially on United because that's the all-time worst airline to go steerage. They're oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. I hate United. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like if you get in the good side and you're rolling and you got your upgrades, then – you know, I think any airline is always it will seem much better than it would if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, if if you don't have it, you're definitely reading your kid a bedtime story as the water level rises. There's no question that that's happening. <laughs> that's so true. All right, so you have the off season coming up. You have uh, the stability that you haven't had in years past. How does that change what you and Jake want to accomplish from end of October? early November, on through the start of the season in April, May. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm really excited because this last off season was the first time I didn't play indoor, and I was just – we were kind of living off my my uh, earnings from playing indoor, and so I was really uh, kind of diving into the savings and hoping that this year would pay off because I was running low on funds. So this is huge to be able to have a couple sponsors, uh, have some success, and be able to focus. I'm so excited for this offseason because last offseason I spent maybe the first two and a half months getting healthy so that I could lift. Uh, our strength coach, Tim Sello, was uh, putting a lot of time in, and I call it the platinum package where he would spend maybe 45 minutes just so I could do a bodyweight squat without pain. And uh, so now we're all dialed in. Where I feel like I'm uh, healthy. I'm healthier than I've ever felt. Uh, and so this off season is really exciting for me, especially because I'm ready to, to hit it hard from the start instead of waste two months getting healthy and then be able to get strong. So uh, I think our focus is to dial in our uh, our uh, the little things that we can improve on as a team. I think what we're going to do is, as soon as our last tournament in China ends, we're going to spend about two to three weeks just doing kind of a coach on one at the beach with Tyler and. Uh, work on some mechanics and some uh, a few little things here and there so that we can uh, 
get some muscle memory while we're still playing and not have to worry about coming straight from lifting and all that kind of stuff in the offseason to jumping in the stand where we don't want to have too many jumps. So we've got a cool offseason scheduled, and I'm, I'm more excited than I've ever been about not playing volleyball, which is weird because I usually can't stand two days without volleyball. So it's going to be cool. Get real strong and get ready for the next summer. Yeah, you added 95 pounds of muscle for this year. If you add another 95, will you even be able to make a platform? That's just what I wonder. <laughs> you know, I can barely make one now, so I don't know. I'm guessing, yeah, it's going to be tough. No, <laughs> I wish. Oh, I wish I was huge and yoked. That'd be awesome. I think just being strong for me is uh, super exciting. <laughs> yeah, we're we're excited, though, to, to get in there and get even stronger and to, uh, you know, for me, it's huge because the stronger I get, the easier it is for me to play defense. And, the, you know, the quicker I become as a big man on the sand is is huge. So I'm so stoked and uh, hopefully put on some more LBs in this offseason. Casey, DJ Roche here. Um, the question I get asked the most about you is, does your energy and antics on the court annoy other teams? And I tell them that at least your energy and stuff is it's genuine. I'm sure it does rub some people the wrong way. Um but how much can they really say to you now because you're good? <laughs> yeah, that's a quote I think I gave like a reporter. I was like, Yeah, well, I'm sure it was way more annoying when I wasn't very good. Because like who's this punk that thinks he's good and he's screaming and I'm beating him down but he's still enjoying himself. Like that's gotta be the most annoying thing on the planet. So I think I think it's still super annoying for everybody, uh, but because, yeah, I've gotten a lot better, I think it's it's tolerated a little bit more. Because <laughs> uh, even Phil, like, Phil talks to me all the time about what I say, and he, he asks if he can use some stuff that I use. I said, dude, Phil, I would love it. That would be an honor if you use some of the stuff I say. Uh, so I know they uh, the guys enjoy it when they're watching it, but when they're playing against me, it's just a little bit irritating. But, you know, that's part of the game, and I think that kind of, gives me an edge because mentally they're more annoyed with me than focusing on, you know, their game and staying at a high level and being consistent. And if I can get them distracted for, you know, one or two plays, that's, you know, that's all I need to win a, a game. So <laughs> it's, it's fun. And, yeah, for sure it's annoying. What what would a Phil boom be like? I mean, I've heard Casey's boom oh, on the show a thousand times. Phil would be like, imagine? um, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I totally he gave me, I used to say nice try really loud whenever I hit by him. It's like, nice try, like in the air. And he loved, he hated it when I did to him, but he asked me if he could use it because he said he loved it. <laughs> so, he does it a couple of, he did it to me one time when I got stuck up at the block, uh, stuck at the net blocking. He gave me a nice try and he got real dirty with it and raspy. So, yeah, he's got a little fire. It, it'll come and he just needs practice. <laughs> tell, him, tell him to go faux hawk. I think that's that'd be a good step. Growing a faux hawk. Phil can't grow a faux hawk. Let's be honest. No. That's so funny because because for before the quarterfinals, I was uh, doing a little touch up on the flop hawk, and I Phil was across the player stand. I said, "Hey Phil, you need to borrow something for a touch up." He's like, "You're such a punk. Why you got to bring that?" Like, yeah, I love teasing him about that. <laughs> He looked up from Call of Duty enough to say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. Yeah. 
just long enough from Candy Crush. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Casey, you know, it's really fun to talk to you because I remember a couple of years ago when we were talking to you and you kind of weren't sure what was happening, and you can hear it in your voice what fun you guys are having this year. And I and I wonder, just for your team, internal to your team, what are you guys doing better uh, today in this this last week than you did in the first tournament of this year as a team? How have, Where is the most growth come for you and Jake? Uh, honestly, I think it's come from my side, being comfortable as a new left side player. I think the left side was something that took a while for me to figure out and to get to where I was just as comfortable as I was on the right side. And then next to that, I would say uh, kind of calming me getting a little bit more calm on defense and being a little bit more free in the head and not so committed oriented where I feel like I got to get this and then, you know, or, or chasing the last play all the time. And I think me being a little bit more comfortable in, in, in Jake and just him trusting me and letting me kind of be free back there has, created more trust between the two of us so that he's a little bit more free as a blocker. I think uh, we've also done a real good job of fine-tuning little things we need to work on after every tournament. Uh, we kind of have a, a great system with, with Tyler that, you know, after after a tournament, we, we really we quickly fine-tune and have a couple small little goals where we focus on, you know, serving tougher, and we're okay with missing a ton of serves because our goal is serving tougher. And that paid off. And then the next, the next uh, tournament, we really focused on dialing in our system and perfecting our calls and making sure they're, you know, we're real crisp and we know what each other are doing so that, you know, the trust level was even higher. And I think that system that we've used throughout the season has helped us not get stagnant and not get burned out along with, I mean, we, we're in the weight room still, you know, three to four times a week and we're lifting as much as we were in the off season when we were going really heavy. So it's kind of this weird world for me. It almost feels like a twilight zone where all these things are, are rolling really well and everything is, uh, is comfortable and, and where I always dreamed it would be if I was a high-level beach volleyball player. So uh, it's, it's really cool. And I think those are the, have been the, the things that helped us continue to stay on top. How do you play free like that on defense, and how have you been able to let go of the last play? That's something that I struggled with through my entire career. I could do it now, but I wasn't very good at it then. What's been the big change, or what's been the philosophy, or who's helped you with getting into that free-playing zone, that flowing zone? Yeah, that's, that Tyler's had a huge role in that. He kind of started that off from even the beginning of the offseason when we were training. You know, my, my mental cue while playing defense is just to be free. Uh, and so that's what I tell myself, you know, mid-rally mid and mid-point, and uh, that's helped a lot. And then along with having, you know, Rich Lamborn help me a lot with my defensive stance and just being better prepared from the start has been huge. And then, you know, we also met with Parks a couple times and got some mental cues from him. And then uh, I think just repetition as soon as I, you know, I, applying it here and there and, and getting it to where it's more of a natural thing instead of a, a, a forced mentality where I'm telling myself and telling myself and then, you know, throughout the season it's become more and more of a natural move. And I think for me I was always tough to not just commit to getting the cutty because I was always like, hey, I'll give the guys a line shot all day because I feel like guys always have to come back to the angle. So I was like, ah, 
I'll give up every line shot. And if they ever hit angle or hit a cutty, I'll get that. <laughs> and then, you know, I figure play the percentage and I'll win. But at a, a high level on the world tour, you have to be able to take a little bit more of, uh, of the court and be responsible for a little bit more than just one or two things. And so uh, I think, you know, me freeing my mind was, was a long-term process. And, uh, you know, being okay with letting guys make great plays and accepting that it's a great play and not just feeling like, oh, that's my fault, I have to get everything. Because I think that's initially what you think of. You're like, ah, oh, i got to get that because you said you were going to block line. I have to get everything in the angle. If I don't get it, then that's my fault. Well, that's not always the case because everyone that you play does something very well, and you have to kind of accept that. And once you accept that, you're not worried about what he does really well. You're you're more focused on taking advantage of the things he doesn't do well and making sure you're free to make those plays and not just commit to the one play that's great. I feel like you have to always get that play. So I think that's been kind of the process to where I've gone to get me to where I'm real free in the back. Casey, this weekend in Santa Barbara, your partner Jake rolled his ankle really early in the tournament. I believe it was on Friday, and he basically walked off the court testing it out and then just walked directly to the medical tent. What was going through your mind at that time? Oh, that was so scary. I actually thought he had just really injured his knee. So the first thing I said was, is it your ankle or your knee? And he said, ankle. I'm like, oh, okay, we're fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, ankle we can recover from. Even if you can't play, at least, you know, we got a, a week off before South Paulo. We could get healthy if it's not that bad. But he landed, and it, I mean, it, I think it's, I don't know, he said it hurt real bad when he landed. And then once he kind of walked it off and got taped and kind of kept it moving. It wasn't as bad as he initially thought. He said he just he hasn't rolled it for so long that it, uh, it, 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 it kind of shocked him initially. He's like, wow, that hurt a lot. But, uh, yeah, I think we were playing Pedro and uh, Matt Foster. Pedro came under just a little bit and landed under Jake. And that was actually a real scary moment for me because, you know, we are successful and kind of on a roll and the mojo was flowing and I was uh, I didn't want him to be ruined with uh, an injury. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, he handled it real well. We did uh, – Tyler, again, go back to Tyler. The guy's just like jack-of-all-trades. <laughs> he spent so much time in the training room with his eight knee surgeries with AB at the ASC that <laughs> he was he right. more than the, the PCs we had in the tent. He had Jake running it through mobility, and he was uh, icing it and uh, having him go through, you know, all these little workouts to help strengthen it just day by day and at night and had Jake on a schedule and he was awesome. So Tyler's been probably one of the biggest helps for us this season. It was cool. Well, good to have Dr. Hildebrandt on staff at all moments. <laughs> when you have knee, yeah. knee problems like he and I have, you, you know way too much about the knee and its anatomy and lots of other issues. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Casey, thanks very much for spending a little bit of your time with us. Good luck in the next three tournaments this year. Hope that you can uh, continue to add to your win streak. It's been a lot of fun to to watch your ascendance here, and it's great to hear all the joy and, and fun that you're having out there and sharing with the fans growing the game. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Casey Patterson checking in. He will uh, hopefully continue to win games and issue booms. Oh, I meant to ask him. Is he still there? Oh, never mind, never mind. No, hold on. I, just I, muted him. I meant to ask him if we could uh, get a, one last boom out of him at risk of blowing us off air again. Hold on. Are you still there, Casey? 
Yeah. I'm here. Okay, so I'm really risking the whole rest of the show and any content that we have <laughs> planned, which sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. But uh, if you could give us one last boom, hopefully we can sustain here. Yeah, let's create a scenario where I dig a ball kind of off my chest, over the court, out of bounds. Jake runs outside of the court on the other side of the net, rolls it over, and I attack it like an A-ball and go, boom! (laughs) Nice. Perfect. Nice. I love it. All right. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. Hey. See ya. See ya. Uh, My favorite quote right there, this is a great one for young players out there. Uh, of, and I mean young players from time you're in high school through college, if you're lucky enough to play profession, professionally. Something that, that I've pointed out on broadcast before, but only in my uh, my elder years here, certainly not during my playing career. Wish I would have realized this from Casey. Recognize your opponent's great plays. Yeah, there's sometimes... That's important. Sometimes they just they just beat you on that play. It's like, you know what? That was a great play by you. Good job. They're great volleyball players. Yeah. It took me to about the last, I don't know, year and a half of, of my career to really behave that way on a regular basis because I used to get kind of just pissed all the time. I was just in that Shocker. competitive mode all the time Yeah. to the point of absurdity. And And I remember chirping back and forth with Mike Lambert and Mike getting really offended and getting all grouchy with me in practice and this and that. Because, look, when I play volleyball, I want to rip your head off. Like yeah. I, I play it like football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Um, Good thing you don't tackle people. But I remember later in my career going against Jim Polster yeah. in practice mm-hmm. and just jawing back and forth with Jim, but it was fun and funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a difference. There's a, a, sure. a subtle but important difference that when you're kind of going back and forth like that, like it can be fun and funny like Casey's describing with Phil. And Casey, like, if you know Casey at all, and I know the other players know him, he's not. It's not malicious, right? It's not malicious at all whatsoever. And if you let him get in your head, then that's your fault. Right, not, right, his, right. not his fault. No, you got to look for an advantage everywhere. Um, but, but I would think, as a competitor, it's hard to get out of. If the other team scores on you, yes, that's my fault because I'm so good, I should be able to get everything. As opposed to, you know what? You beat me that one time. Good it's, job. It's not so good. It's <coughs> but Sorry. the confidence thing, like mentally. It's demanding that of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I'm with Casey on that because it was never that I felt like I was so good that I should have gotten it. I felt like it was my obligation to get it. Like gotcha. I I need to be making that play. Yeah. Every play. If I didn't kill every ball. Yeah. Like I, I felt like every time I jumped and swung, that ought to be a kill. If I'm doing my job correctly. not It's not some grand view of myself. It's, yeah. It's if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be Correct. doing, I should be producing this That's result, right? Because A plus B equals C. Yeah. But in sports sometimes, A plus B equals a great play on the other side. Happens. <laughs> and it happens. That, go ahead. Go. That play that Casey was talking about, setting up this scenario. I figured that happened. He dug a ball. It went outside the antenna to the other side of the court. Jake hobbled ankle and all, ran under the net about 10 feet 10-foot line out of bounds, brought it back outside the antenna. Casey attacked it like it was a set from the 10-foot line and absolutely teed off on it. I love it. John Hyden, chicken wing, dug it. Dug it. One more foot, Triborn couldn't have got it. It would have been out of bounds. It would have been over the banners in the crowd. Tri couldn't have got it. Tri brought it back. John hit it over. The ball probably went over one or two more times until finally Tri annihilated the ball and put it away. They won the point. Crowd losing their mind. Right. 
Dustin goes, Casey attacked that like it was a set. Jake set him from 10 feet on the other side of the court. And going back to the other team made a great play, like Tri is all fired up and kind of making fun of Casey's antics on the court. And Casey's just applauding him like, yeah, you did a good job. You did that. You put it away. You got the point. It was one of the most gnarly rallies I've ever seen because I rarely, rarely see – I can't even think of a time I've seen it on stadium court where the ball goes outside the antenna and your teammate actually gets it and brings it back properly outside the antenna. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a, it was a remarkable rally. And there's joy of the game right there. Oh, that was great. From Casey. Yeah, it was great. Both of them. I mean, the crowd applauded everybody. I mean, everybody did something fantastic in that rally. Recognize your opponent's great plays. Remember that. Okay. Remember that. That's a that's a great thing to live by. It's very freeing for you as an individual to understand that there you are playing against some fantastic competition, and sometimes they just make a great play. Yeah. Simple as that. We'll be right back on the Net Live. We've got College Football Weekly coming up next.
Minute Live on a Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Kevin Barnett and DJ Roche holding down the house here. Good stuff from Casey Patterson just now. And we have some uh, audio. Yeah, Jeremy? Yeah. Why don't we uh, All kinds play of that? Because we're still waiting on uh, on Brandon, right? I see six one five. Oh, he's there. Let's get to that first. Then we'll still have audio from Micah Christensen, who just set the U.S. men to a gold medal. Micah, kind of a fun interview there. I think we have one of his fellow teammates interviewing him. Yes. How'd that go? I'm interested to hear this audio. We're going to find out soon. I listened to the very beginning and end just to see what I needed to clip off. That's all I heard. So should be interesting. All right. So that'll be entertaining. We'll see how that goes and how many losses that that generates. Read pretty. Contributing to the show, getting that interview done and sending it to us. Yeah, thanks to Reed Pretty for checking in. Doesn't have a car, but <laughs> can send us interviews. He still has a phone. <laughs> you can text him. You may not even call him today, but probably he, his call plan is over as of this afternoon, so you'll have to text Reed Pretty. Each week, he, we here on the Net Live have the ABC College of Volleyball Weekly, a review of what happened and a, review, and a look forward to what will be. Not a review of what will be. How could you have that? A review of what will be? Yeah, that's not possible. Nah. Unless you have the book from Back to the Future. So there you go. The ABCA College Volleyball Weekly. Deb Static is stacked up this week with all kinds of stuff happening there in the Badger region. So we welcome in Brandon Rosenthal. He's going it solo, but we know he can handle it because he's been on this show since the beginning. Rose. Thank you, boys. I was out supporting our women's golf team today. How about that? Nice, nice. Way to get out and support your uh, your fellow teammates and not be a jerk so your athletic director doesn't show up at 3 a.m. at the airport and fire you. Good job. Bad sign, yeah. You know, uh, I thought about that as we pulled into the airport today, and I just read that story. I was like, gosh, I hope I do not see my athletic director uh, stop the bus because that's got to be an awkward feeling. If Philip Hutchison was thinking, he would have shown up just to freak you out. That would have been awesome. Uh, all right, Brandon, this I, is... I, I would have been freaked out, too, mm-hmm. I promise you. This was a week of a little bit of upsets. I think there were a couple of good ones out there. St. Mary's beats San Diego, takes down the number eight team. And San Diego, after rising all the way to number two, uh, has had a couple of uh, challenging losses in the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, and you know what? St. Mary's is a team that... Uh, historically pulls off some pretty good upsets. So uh, not a team you want to see on your schedule right after you rise to number five. Uh, again, just a tough place. And, and mind you, that was at San Diego. So, uh, you know, St. Mary's, the gym itself is a really small gym, and I could definitely see that being a, uh, a benefit to their team. But uh, Rob Browning does a fantastic job, and, and – Again, with the WCC, it's one of those conferences that uh, they might not post ten teams in the you know top twenty-five, but they're going to put uh, three or four solid teams in the top thirty, and you better watch out for them. Yeah, WCC is an interesting conference. I'll actually get to do BYU and Pepperdine coming up on Thursday. I have three matches in four days for three different networks and three different conferences. So Pepperdine BYU is the first. Then I get Long Beach Hawaii, followed by. Arizona and Oregon State. It's going to be an interesting weekend, but I'm looking forward to seeing some good West Coast Conference volleyball up there, up there at my alma mater. The other big upset came at the hands of number 15, Michigan State, going 3-2 over then number one, Penn State. Uh, what does it say about the Big Ten? 
I I think that uh, this has been, you know, really a kind of a story over the past couple of years is what's going on in the Big Ten and the idea that the Big Ten is for real. Uh, obviously, you've got some quality teams, but I think top to bottom, you're going to start to see, uh, you know, the Big Ten really assert itself in the in the, you know weekly play and then all obviously in the tournament and uh, you know obviously. Big Ten versus Pac-12, you're going to have that argument, but uh, Who's it's, better? it's here to stay. Who's better? Um, I'm going to go Big Ten here. Whoa! I, yeah, I think top to bottom, Big Ten has uh, better teams. I, I really do, and uh, I don't know. It, it's definitely a different style play. I think the Big Ten has uh, a little bit more of that blue-collar, uh, uh, blue-collar kind of atmosphere to it maybe it's because you know you're in the winter months in the cold and dreary you know west lafayette indiana uh you know that type of thing obviously michigan michigan state uh penn state you got snow outside i think there's a little bit more blue collar to it all right well i guess four of the top 10 teams are big 10 teams three are pac-12 teams so maybe you have an argument right now although In the new poll just released by the American Volleyball Coaches Association, number one, Washington, comes up from number two. So number one, Washington, number two, Southern Cal, Pac-12, one and two. Florida in three, Texas in four, up from five. Penn State takes that drop after that loss from number one to number five, followed by Hawaii, Stanford, Minnesota, Michigan State, and Nebraska, your top ten. I'm going to get a look at Hawaii this week, and I wonder, is Emily Hartong Player of the Year? I think we talked about this last last week with Deb, and I think she gave us an affirmative, and I'm looking forward to seeing her play. Just her aggressive nature, uh, to me, is, is always intriguing when you watch uh, a player like that be constantly aggressive in the hitting aspect of the game. You know, I, I like that, too. I like that mentality of, you know, hey, listen, uh, I'm going big all the time, and, you know, puts pressure on the other team. You know, when they know that that person's bringing it nonstop. I love that type of mentality. And, and, you know, when we look for hitters and, you know, kids that aren't afraid to take the big rips, uh, you know, at big moments. Last week you guys were talking about Nebraska and Illinois, and Deb was actually at that match, sent us a good recap of that match. She said the Huskers were very good on defense, made some incredible plays like diving in the bleachers and so on. And Illinois was playing well in the first set, but that tough defense eventually just kind of wore them down, and their serve receive got shakier and shakier on Illinois' side, and that kind of wore them out. Is is defense one of those skills, Brandon, that's maybe underrated as far as its value to the game when it comes to the players? I, I think the coaches probably value it, but I wonder about the players. I think it's it's more a mentality of a, of a program. I think you go against teams that – Obviously, they're going to defend, and then you go against teams that are going to defend to that extreme, and and I think that that's really hard uh, as an opposing player because you know that you really can't celebrate or, you know, even relax because every play is contested to the very last, you know, uh, quarter of an inch or whatnot. you got players diving into the stands. That's that's frustrating because – uh, as you know, those teams that just kind of keep putting the ball back on your side and, and really kind of hope for you to make uh, some errors later down the road. All right, I'm looking through some of the other matchups here. I'm looking for ASU, who was up to number 16 last week, 
and then defeated Arizona 3-0, then lost to Stanford 3-0. Arizona State now this week sits at 15. They increasingly, to me, look like they're for real, despite that loss to Stanford. Stanford is a quality, quality squad. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think Arizona State uh, has proven itself over you know, the course of this early part of the season that they're for real. Uh, I continue to be impressed with, you know, the scores and just kind of what I'm reading about. Uh, obviously, the win over Arizona is a great win. Anytime you beat your rival uh, is a good win. But beyond that, I think it's, you know, they continue to push. You know, I think when you get into the top five or six teams, you know, it's another level, and that makes it uh, – yeah, it makes it tough, but uh, I like where Arizona State is heading this year. An update on our standings here: our pick'em between these two, uh, Deb and Rose. Deb is six and two. Brandon Rosenthal, you are a solid four and four. You're, you're, you've come out two and two the last two weeks. Lurking. That's the key word. Hashtag lurking. Hashtag lurking. You're only two games back in spite of your pick of Michigan, who had probably the roughest week of all, losing to Ohio State and Penn State 3-1 in both those matches. How do you recover if you're Michigan? I think that just becomes one of those things. It's early part of the the Big Ten season, and uh, the bottom line is the Big Ten is an absolute grind. And so – you know, I don't think you really put too much focus on it. You just say, hey, you know, this is a tough conference and we're going to lose some. And uh, uh, Ohio State's been playing well. It's obviously not a match that uh, they probably, you know, grow accustomed to, especially the past couple of years Michigan's had their way. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things you've got to kind of have a short memory when it comes to those uh, losses. And, you know, one thing, I, one match that really stood out to me is that uh, UCLA uh, lost to Colorado. A huge first upset, time ever uh, in Pac, yeah, in Pac-12 land. Yeah, that was a, a big one. Set number four, UCLA up two sets to one, leading 12-4. All of a sudden. Nikki Lindau in Colorado, serving well, blocking well, transitioning. They go on a run. It's 15-15. They go into into fourth. And the fifth, huge win for Liz Kritza and that Colorado program. But there's that depth argument again right there. Utah and Colorado went five earlier in the week. Utah coming out on the positive side of that one. And then Colorado goes out and clicks off a win against UCLA. It seems like really anything is possible. These are the teams that were finishing around 10th last year inside of the Pac-12. Yeah, you know, we've been saying it for weeks. Parity is here to stay. Uh, you, you can hear it within the players and just the, their talk about things as, as we kind of go through the weeks. Uh, you know, players realizing you've got to go out and earn the win. Nobody's going to give it to you. So uh, it's fun. You know, and I think it will be a lot of fun as we, you know, even get into later in the conference season where some of these matches are just going to become so pivotal and and people making tournaments and and not. Uh, So it it should be a lot, you know, it should be very interesting, you know, in three or four weeks here. All right, here comes the pick. I'm Deb sending in her picks, even though she wasn't able to join us today. Thanks for doing that, Deb Static, up there in the Badger region. She went Kansas, Kansas State first. So pick that one for me, Rose. Ah. Kansas State had a tough loss the other day, but uh, and Kansas has been playing well. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with the Jayhawks on this one. That's perfect because Deb is going with Kansas State. That's fine. All right, you give me one. Uh, 
you know, I'm going to stick with the Big Ten region. Uh, I'm really interested to see what Wisconsin does. Uh, I want to see Wisconsin-Nebraska. Wisconsin-Nebraska, that sounds like a good take, matchup. Uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska, I'm going to take Nebraska on this one. You will take Nebraska. All right, well, that means Deb gets Wisconsin. She once again, once again shows faith in the home side there in the Badger region. All right, well, she has Stanford and USC up next. And I'll tell you off the top, Deb said she's going with Stanford because Wopak continues to have a great year, and they crushed it in the Arizona State match. They played very well. Yeah, I'm going I'm to agree with her. Stanford is my team. Uh, it's kind of my darling team. I, I think that uh, I'm going to have them all the way in to the end, to be honest with you. I, I just think that uh, as the year moves on and that youth really continues to get uh, more and more experience, I think they're just going to continue to get better and better. Yeah, that is a frightening team. Inky, Ajanaku, Jordan Burgess, some of the great youth movement, along with the aforementioned Wopat in the middle of the senior now. That is a tough squad, and although ranked number seven right now, a win over number two USC would go a long ways to moving that ranking up and giving them some more added confidence in this early season. How about last one, Rose? Give me one more. Mm, I'm going to move to the ACC here. Uh, Hold on, I'm just pulling it up right here. Um, I'm going to go with a, a match. Excuse me, sorry about this. Let's go with Duke. Duke's been the team that's kind of been, you know, the outside looking in. I'm going to go Duke and uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a, a program that uh, is a little bit off their mark right now, uh, but to make its way back in. I'm going to go with Duke on this one. You'll take Duke. Okay, that leaves Deb with Notre Dame. And Duke is one of those teams on the outside looking in. And they look to be sitting at about uh, 29th if you were to run the rankings out. They uh, received 43 votes, but it wasn't enough to get inside the top 25. Let me run down that top 25 for you right now. Once again, again, just out, the ABCA just releasing this poll this week. Washington, new number one, up from number two. Southern Cal jumps from two from fourth place to second. Then it's Florida, Texas, and Penn State in your top five. Hawaii, Stanford, Minnesota, Michigan, Nebraska, the completion of your top ten. Then North Carolina, Ohio State, San Diego continues their precipitous drop. They need a couple of wins this week. Michigan off two losses down to 14th. Arizona State kind of hovering. 15th, UCLA 16th. Then it's Colorado State, Florida State, Kentucky, Ohio, Oregon, Creighton, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Iowa State. You know, we we kind of glossed over UCLA and some of the problems they've had. This is a team that won the national championship just a couple of seasons ago. What is happening with UCLA and Mike Seeley? You know, there's been a lot of talk just from what I've read, just, you know, whether they stick with the 6-2 or they go to the 5-1, and it appears that they're sticking with the 6-2 here. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to, you know, work through some of these issues. And, uh, you know, obviously, as a coach, you have many choices in, in, you know, that armchair quarterback type of thing. You know, everybody wants you to change quickly and move to something, you know, new. But, you know, sometimes it's just sticking with what uh, you think is right and, and what will be right at the end of the year. And so... You know, that's an age-old debate is that 5-1 versus 6-2. Obviously, 
more and more. The 6-2 is starting to prevail with the number of subs that they're allowing. But uh, it should be interesting to see what happens and, you know, what the uh, – you know, progresses as far as changes uh, for UCLA, if there are any. Announced just now, Pac-12 Volleyball Players of the Week, Washington's Krista Van Sant was the Offensive Player of the Week. And on the strength of that victory over UCLA, Colorado's Nikki Lindau voted Defensive Player of the Week. Freshman of the Week, and USC is getting used to having Freshman of the Week, Ebony Nowanabu was Freshman of the Week. And, of course, they, they also have... Uh, Samantha Brizio, now a sophomore who took home several Freshman of the Week honors last year. So USC and McHaley off to a good start. Brandon Rosenthal, any matches we need to be aware of that we haven't covered with our pick'em that you're going to be watching this week? I think you've got to take a look at the Oregon-Arizona State match for both cases. Obviously, Arizona State, you know, are they for real? And they continue to play top-notch teams. Uh, you know, this should be a, a fun one to watch. You know, Oregon, too, is kind of one of those, what's going to happen with them, uh, <clears throat> especially with their rise that they had last year. So uh, Oregon-Arizona State uh, is, is definitely one of those matches that I've got circled. And, uh, you know, I, I think Arizona State, I'm going to take them uh, with this one. Nice. All right. Very good. like the Pac-12 pick right there. Oregon and Liz Brenner still trying to figure it out in the early part of the season. Don't forget they also have Lauren Plum, excellent setter uh, from last year's team as well. Rosenthal, thanks very much, dude. Appreciate all the info. Good luck this week with your team. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right. See you, Brandon Rosenthal, checking in from Lipscomb University out there in Tennessee and making our College Volleyball Weekly segment work. I want to make sure we thank uh, everyone who has contributed to today's show, Jeremy, much better than last week's show, oh, yeah. and mainly due to the people. Yeah, not us people. No, Casey Patterson was awesome. Reed Pretty was great. Thanks to those two for calling in. Brandon Rosenthal for calling in during this segment and making that segment everything you would want to know about the world of women's college volleyball. Thanks to Deb Static for contributing, even though she wasn't here. We appreciate that. Still brought something to the table. Yeah, and we appreciate you out there, the listeners. For getting out there on the chat board and saying some funny stuff. We hope you have gotten a little bit of sunshine in your day from our program. We still have one more interview. We do? We do. Micah. That's right. We promised you Micah. Bonus net live. We promised you Micah. Let's give you Micah. And it's kind of funny because I asked Reed to get an interview, and he kind of checked out of that. He um, He got somebody else to do the interview, didn't he? A special guest correspondent interview. All right. P&L, special correspondent. There you go. All right. Murphy Troy here, opposite for the U.S. men's national team. And I am here with the newcomer, the young guy, setter Micah Christensen, coming off his first tournament with the U.S. national team up in Canada, the Norseka, where we came home with the gold medal. Now, Micah... Give me your thoughts about this tournament and uh, being in Canada. What did you think about the whole process, eh? Uh, I I really enjoyed the tournament. I uh, I am very grateful to be a part of this team and, and that John and the coaching staff gave me a shot to be there. Really happy that uh, I was able to work with the the group of guys that we had up there. I mean, with some of the best players currently in the world. Volleyball legends, amazing coaching staff, and the the North Seca tournament itself was very well well run in Canada. 
and I'd like to <clears throat> mention that. But overall, it was just a great experience for me, and I'm very grateful to be a part of it. All right, what a great answer that was. Uh, now, you're coming off playing at SD, a lot of young guys. It's a co collegiate environment. What, what are some of the differences playing at SD and playing with the national team? you got to play with guys that are just, like, super old, like Reed Pretty. So what was that like for you? Yeah, like, uh, one of the huge, biggest differences, well, what really, like, set me straight was we had a barbecue at Kyle Caldwell's house. And uh, I saw a bunch of little kids running around. And I was, it hit me that these are my teammates' kids. And I'm 20 years old. And some of these guys are, you know, almost twice my age. So, I mean, that was, it's just a whole different environment. It's very, it's a very professional environment rather than um, some, you know, you know, they've been there, done that, been around the game for such a long time that they take a very professional approach to it. They, meaning the national team guys. And it's very, I don't know, it's just very mature and professional. Got it, got it. Now, uh, now what are some of the things you're going to take back uh, from this summer with the national team that you're going to take back to the team at SC that hopefully we'll get another, another national championship in there? Um, I would have to say I would, I would like to uh, mimic a lot of the leadership qualities that I witnessed throughout this trip with, through a lot of Reed and a lot of uh, um, Sean Rooney as well. Our two uh, veteran captains and and leaders on the team that I would like to kind of mimic those approaches and leadership qualities that they brought to the team. Now we just spent about a week in gorgeous, lovely Langley, Canada. Uh, now what can what can you say about Canada and then uh, you know tell the people out there what what it really was like. It was a, it was a great trip. Really enjoyed uh, the weather for a couple of days. It was a little gloomy, but it's always a nice change. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Murph's sister, Marsha. She she was a great host this trip, and she makes she makes some darn good donuts. I'd also like to say hello to my sister, Marsha. She's just uh, really hospitable to everyone. Uh, and that's a wrap here with Micah. Great to have you on as always. Thanks for having me on, Reed. And uh, I'll send it back to you guys. Such a correspondent. Murphy Troy. Hope he doesn't expect to get paid for that. Murphy Troy, not Troy Murphy. Correct. Our Kevin. correspondent. Yes. And what? Marsha Troy with the donuts? Does she live up in British Columbia? Yeah, we're going to need some more information on that. We need to know, and we need to put in an order for donuts. Yeah, because Cause let me tell you about my love affair with donuts. Oh. I avoid them, uh -huh. but if they're there in front of me, you will immediately will make eat, out with I will them. eat all of them. Yeah. And if even if I've just finished a meal and am stuffed, if somebody goes, hey... Would you like a donut? The answer is always yes. Yes. Always. Because it goes well with your green drink. Yes, you it, have goes, it does not go with my uh, healthy living plan that I'm trying to work on. And But every once in a while, you just got to have a good donut, Kevin. You do. I like how uh, Micah, Micah almost said, he said, well, the professional environment of the national team compared to the, and in my mind, I thought, unprofessional environment to of the, college. To the collegiate <laughs> environment, which is... Two completely different things. Micah, take something back to SC this year, will you please? Take something back because your, your team struggled last year. Well, but everybody it, was, and their grandmother was hurt on that team. Well, it wasn't Micah's fault. Micah was the best middle setter opposite libero uh, outside hitter that they had. I mean, they had four outside hitters, none of whom hit above 200 for the entire year. It was just crazy. 
hope SC <clears throat> puts it together. We know Bill Ferguson, who we've had on this show quite a few times, is doing everything that he can. And having your setter out of preseason and your two hours a week instead playing with the national team, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, But maybe he, he could use some extra training for some of his other guys because Micah's already pretty darn good. Correct. So congratulations to Micah Christensen. Thank you, Troy Murphy. Not Murphy Troy. Not Murphy Troy. Thank you, Murphy Troy, for doing that interview and uh, bringing us Micah Christensen. That's uh, that's some good stuff there. We need more of that. If you're a professional player out there and you want to bring us some interviews, dude, pop out your iPhone. It's not hard. Pop out your iPhone, voice memo, send it to us, live at gmail.com. If you're a fan out there, you have an opportunity to interview a person of importance in the volleyball world, do it. Send it to us. Phrase it so you're the special correspondent for the Net Live. Maybe we'll send you some TNL swag if we ever have any again. Maybe. We will. I, we're, we're actually legitimately almost out of T-shirts. No, oh, okay, good. Well, we're on it. So, Murphy Troy, thanks. Casey Patterson, thanks. Reed Pretty, thanks. Brandon Rosenthal, thanks. Micah Christensen, congratulations, and thanks for making yourself available. Thanks to you, the listener. Hope you're getting this via iTunes. And thanks to Volleyball Magazine as well as the ABCA for their continuing support of this show. We hope you're having a great time on each Monday. Remember, we are off next week. It's kind of an off week for volleyball anyway. National teams both done. All teams are all players from men's and women's teams scattered across the globe getting ready for their professional seasons. The beach thing not really happening. There's a couple of tournaments left, but uh, things start to quiet down a little bit. We will shift our focus to college. College! Great. Coming up here shortly, as we haven't done so yet. We'll get some great coach interviews in here, as well as the usual banter and mayhem you've come to expect on the net live. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. I'm Kevin. He's Jeremy. Have a great week, folks. Volleyball Magazine, the only print publication covering all aspects of the sport you love. VBM has been publishing the latest in volleyball news for over 35 years. With exclusive photo galleries, player interviews, event coverage, product reviews, and volleyball-specific health and fitness advice, Volleyball Magazine is a great resource for players and fans of all levels. Now with an even more robust online presence, check out VolleyballMag.com to subscribe and find exclusive web content and articles. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, Volleyball Mag is the industry's number one volleyball magazine. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.